wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. And comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Welcome into the Locked On Royals podcast, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles, and on today's show, we're going to talk about Josh Donaldson signing with the Minnesota Twins, the win totals for the entire AL Central, does Eric Cosmer have a burner account, and of course, the latest Astros sign-stealing scandals. Up first, let's talk about Josh Donaldson signing with the Twins, He signs a four-year deal worth $92 million. I don't like the length of this contract. Money in baseball, I always find it to be whatever your owner is willing to pay out. And for Minnesota, that's $92 million. So good for them. I'm more concerned with the years for Minnesota. But as for the here and now, adding Josh Donaldson into that lineup that was already so powerful last year, already so prolific last year, is only going to elevate them more. I do have concerns about the Twins pitching staff. But as for that lineup, I think it's one of the best in the AL. Obviously not the best, but one of the best in that mix, especially if they can get their guys to duplicate their seasons that they had last year, which I think will be the biggest struggle for them. I think the biggest struggle will be how far are are their guys going to regress because it's, it's, it's improbable that they all collectively have the power stroke that they did last year to be the best home run hitting team in baseball again. That's improbable. Now, it could happen, but... To have that entire lineup working as it did last year was something magical, to be kind of cliche. We always say stuff is magical in sports, but it's something that does not happen very often whenever everyone is hitting at the exact same time. Nelson Cruz is getting older. That's another guy who's who's a key piece of that lineup. When does he start to tail off in the power department? I have some concerns with Minnesota, but this undoubtedly is a good move. This is a win-now move. The AO Central has never been this wide open for anyone to take. Minnesota is looking to transition and be the team that you have to beat year in and year out, and this goes a long way towards that. Again, I hope that they get better pitching for their sake. I don't really like their pitching staff all that much, but this is undoubtedly a very good move for Minnesota. So let's talk some of the win totals for around the AL Central. The Royals come in at 65 even. So are they going to go over or under 65 wins? That's a good mark in my opinion. You know, uh, you know, everyone's kind of optimistic this time of year. We haven't even entered spring training yet. Pitchers and catchers are a couple weeks away. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Everyone in Kansas City is riding high. Maybe that's influencing my decision on this one. But as of right now, if I had to pick a side, I would go over 65 wins for the Kansas City Royals next year. In 2020, I think that they have... A lot of hitters who can put together a season and make that lineup very competitive. Again, like Minnesota, I don't trust that pitching staff at all. I don't trust Danny Duffy whatsoever. You're you're getting to rely on Trevor Rosenthal, who hasn't been good in, in three years. I don't like the pitching staff. I think that that lineup, though, 
is going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be a, to be a tough lineup to, to navigate if things go according to plan. So I'm going to have them winning over 65 games. And that might be 66 games, but I think it'll be over 65 games. For the Tigers, they have it set at 56 and a half. I'm going to go with the... That's a really good line right there. I'm going to go with under for the Tigers. I just don't see any hope, any potential, any saviors coming to help the Tigers in this season. I think that they made a couple good signings for them in the sense of they got some veterans who could turn their turn their career around a little bit, could have a breakout season, not in the sense of for the future, but for the here and now, win now players who could change how baseball thinks of them this first half of the season and then trade them off for some pieces later. The Tigers need to have a total rebuild. They've already started that process, but yet they still don't have those key prospects you can look at and say, okay, that's who we're waiting on. That's who we're wanting to get up here. So they really need to build up that farm system and signing those veterans to a one-year deal that they did this offseason. That's going to go a long way for them. I'm still going to go under 56.5, though, but I think that that is a line that could very well push. I really like 56.5 for the Tigers. Now things get interesting. Let's start with the White Sox. They are pegged at 84.5. I'm going over here. I really like the White Sox moves. I really like what they've done. I love their young pitching staff. Now, it hasn't performed yet to the potential that we think that they can perform. It hasn't reached that apex that we thought they would, but I'm not giving up on them yet. I, I believed in them when the White Sox made those trades and got Lucas Giolito, got Michael Kopech. I believed in those trades. I believed in those prospects, and I'm not ready to, frankly, say I was wrong yet. I think that there's still a ton of time for those guys to turn it around and develop. As far as, as that lineup goes, you heard me rave about Nomar Mazzara last week. I love Nomar Mazzara. I think Edwin Encarnacion is a good addition. I think Jose Abreu is obviously a very good hitter. I love their lineup. I like their young pitchers. I think that they're going to easily get the over on 84.5. Now, how good will they be? I don't know, but I think that they're going to be better than 84.5 for sure. I don't know if they can win 90, but I think they, they can at least win 85, 86, 87. The Indians is 86 wins over under. I'm going with under. I think that the Indians, by the trade deadline, will have that that entire that entire core stripped down. I think that entire core will be different. They won't have a Lindor to lean back on in that lineup. Their pitching staff keeps getting weaker and weaker, in my opinion. I, I don't like this Indians team. I think this Indians team is not a very good one. That being said, I still think that they finished third in the AL Central, but this is also not a very good division. I'm taking the under on Cleveland. And then for the Twins, 91.5 is their over-under. I mentioned my concerns with Josh Donaldson signing with their pitching staff. I'm going to go with under on this one. I think that they win the division. I'll spoil that for you. I'm going to do some, some early predictions later on this week as we move forward here before pitchers and catchers. I'll do predictions prior to spring training and right after spring training, if anything has changed in my predictions. I'm going to pick the Twins to win the division, but I can't pick them to win over 91 games. I think that they win 90, I think they win 89, but that's going to be enough to win this, to win this division, I think. But I cannot just put money on them winning 92 or above. And they very well could, I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. So right now, let's take our first break in the Locked On Royals podcast, and after the break, we'll talk about Eric Hosmer and his possible burners accounts. 
All right, so let's get into this Eric Hosmer story, which was dug up by Tom Martin. You can find him on Twitter at LetItFlyTom. You can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Tom Martin is a part of the Let It Fly media company that's just starting up in Kansas City. Uh, he's also done a lot of good work for the Chiefs, and I believe he was on Channel 5 maybe for Kansas City. Not quite sure where he used to be, but I know he was a very good uh, news reporter prior to making that leap and, and that jump to a private media company and let it fly media. But he's the one who brought to my attention that Eric Hosmer possibly has a burner account. Now, burner accounts with athletes have been all the rage lately. It started with Kevin Durant, and since then we've seen multiple athletes defending themselves anonymously. But in this case, it doesn't seem like, if this is really Eric Hosmer, it doesn't seem like he's done a very good job, which is why I'm a little bit skeptical as if this is really him or just an avid Eric Hosmer fan who wants to defend him at all costs. Although, how many of those are really out there? So Tom Martin tweets out screenshots and the the at of this account, which, which was deleted prior to, I mean, excuse me, which was deleted after Tom Martin outed it, which gives a little bit of credence to the fact that it might have been a, bur- a burner account because why would you delete it if you didn't just get caught being a burner account? But the at of this account is at EJH305. Now, Eric Hosmer's name is Eric John Hosmer, E-J-H. 305 is the Miami area code where he is from. So EJH305, that seems pretty coincidental for this not to be a burner account, but it also, again, seems kind of fishy. If Eric Hosmer really wanted to make a burner account, why would he give so many in-depth clues that it's him? The screen name is just baseball fan, but the at name is, again, EJH, Eric John Hosmer, 305 Miami. So... The tweets are pretty innocent. He replies to a lot of Padres fans and and baseball fans making fun of him by just saying things like, so-called fans, Eric was never treated like this in Kansas City, which speaks well of Kansas City, although there were some fans who were against Eric Hosmer in Kansas City, but we won't get into that. Then he goes on and just says stuff like, Padre fans are are turning on Eric Hosmer, so don't celebrate him whenever he turns his career around and is really on the up and up. Don't, Don't start being fans of him later on saying that Eric Hosmer's working his butt off, and that's why he's going to be very good this year. He's a gold glove winner, and goes on to list Eric Hosmer accolades and calls everyone haters and and just says the generic stuff of, you know, whenever I turn this thing around, don't come come back and, and be a fan now. It seems like a burner account to me. It seems innocent. Again, he's not doing anything to disgrace another franchise as as Kevin Durant did. He's not doing anything to call out other players as Kevin Durant did. He's simply defending himself against trolls in the purest way that that can happen by just saying he's working really hard and he he wasn't treated this way in Kansas City, which was the biggest knock on the Padres, I guess, is that is that he's kind of saying in that tweet, if this is really him, that the Kansas City fan base is better than the Padres fan base, which, duh, I mean, Kansas City cares a lot more about sports than San Diego does. There's just simply more to do in San Diego, and, and that's simply a more transient place to be in San Diego. You're not going to have those rooted-in ties to the Padres whenever most of your population is not from there. So, duh, the fan base in Kansas City is better. Other than that, again, it was just, just kind of innocent banner from Eric Cosmer, if this is really him, defending himself. The only reason I think that this is real is, again, as soon as Tom Martin alerted this to his timeline and he got a ton of interaction and a ton of notoriety from it, Then all of a sudden, the account gets deleted. That's kind of fishy to me. That's kind of strange to me, if this is not really Eric Hosmer. 
It seems like Eric Cosmer didn't think he'd get caught. He got caught, he deleted it, and hopefully this is all water under the bridge, which it probably is. I mean, baseball Twitter is not as crazy as NBA Twitter in the sense of they're not going to blow this situation up. Baseball social media is not going to get a hold of this and ask him a ton of questions about it. It's probably over and done no matter if this is really Hosmer or not, but it is kind of fishy that it gets deleted right whenever Tom Martin tweets about it. Luckily, though, for Cosmer, this was nothing bad. I mean, sure, he could have said this on his real account, but there's no harm in, in, in him saying that, again, all th- these tweets say in, in a summarization is, Eric Cosmer's working really hard. Don't, don't be a fan of him whenever he turns it around. Kansas City fans are better. He's won gold gloves. That's all this account is saying. So it's not like it's anything rude or anything that can come back and, and haunt him if this is really him. Now let's get into the Astro scandal. So, when we left things off on the Lockdown Royals podcast, your team's every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we talked about the punishments for the Astros, and we thought that was it. We thought that was it was finished. I said I liked the punishments. I wish that there was international signing money taken away from the Astros, but I like the punishments. Well, since then, Carlos Beltran has been fired by the Mets, so that is now three managers who are out thanks to this scandal. Again, that is A.J. Hinch. Alex Cora, and now Carlos Beltran from the Mets. Both the Mets and the Astros have already made it known that they are trying to hire an outside manager, which is a surprise to me. I said whenever AJ Hinch was fired, I think that the Astros will just promote somebody from within that staff and keep things moving. But both the Mets and Astros have expressed interest in the same candidates. Guys like Buck Showalter, Dusty Baker, Bruce Bochy, Josh Gibbons, guys like that are commonly placed with these two franchises. I would personally like to see Ron Washington get a shot. I think Ron Washington's a very good manager, and he can still be a very good manager. I think that, he's be, that he'd be a better hire, a more inspired hire to me, than Dusty Baker would, or than Buck Showalter would. But that's just my opinion. I do have an affinity for uh, for Ron Washington. I think that he is a underrated, criminally so underrated manager for baseball. But that's an interesting note, that they both want to hire outside managers right now. And again, we're three weeks away, two weeks away, or whatever it is, from pitchers and catchers. We are not far off. After the Chiefs finish their Super Bowl, we will be hitting surprise Arizona and being in spring training. It's unbelievable to think how fast that this offseason has gone. But the more interesting note in all of this is that there was rumors from a fake Carlos Beltran niece account. Again, someone posing, allegedly, as Carlos Beltran's niece, who we later found out was not Carlos Beltran's niece, and she was claiming, he or she was claiming, that the Astros, and specifically Alex Bregman and and Jose Altuve, used buzzers to get the pitches. So they would buzz them, you know, one or or two times for a curveball or fastball, off-speed pitch, fastball, whatever the the sequence was. They would buzz them on, on their shoulder, You know, they'd strap a buzzer there, and that's how they would get the science. Now, at first, we thought it was only trash cans. Now, all of a sudden, we're throwing buzzards taped onto guys, wires taped onto guys into the scandal. And that is when baseball Twitter took off like never before. That was the most fun baseball social media interaction there has ever been since social media has been a part of our ecosystem. There has never been a, a better day than that day on Twitter for baseball. There was so much interaction, so many memes, so many people talking about the sport. 
which was so good to see, but bad under these circumstances. Ultimately, I don't think that this is real. People are running with these screenshots of jerseys folding a certain way that makes it look like they're folding around wires. However, you can see that on any jersey you want. You can see that on Royals jerseys. You can see that on Dodger jerseys. It's just how the the jerseys flow in the wind and how they get twisted and turned as guys are walking, just like normal clothes. And then they ran with a clip of Jose Altuve saying, don't tear off my jersey, don't tear off my jersey, as he's hitting a walk-off home run and rounding third. And then he darted into the tunnel, changed clothes, and came back out. A little bit suspicious, he said on, on the on-field interview to Ken Rosenthal that it was because his wife told him that, he, that she doesn't want his jersey off anymore. He got in trouble last time. And I remember when that event happened. And I remember the... The expression on Twitter, the expression of fans, the the opinion was not sketchy. It was not tainted. It was, oh, that's so funny. It was an opinion of laughter, an opinion of, oh, that's a good time. That's a funny interview. That's charisma, and that's character in baseball. That's something we've been lacking. Now, all of a sudden, it's a little bit sketchy because of a fake Carlos Beltran niece account. My thing with that video, I think it's... It's the wrong time, wrong place, and it got it got pushed in the middle of the scandal because when it rains, it pours. If he truly had a buzzer on him, why would his teammates even want to rip off his jersey? They should know he has a buzzer on him, so let's not rip off his jersey on national television as we just hit a walk-up against the Yankees. I think for some reason... Jose Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off, whether it's his wife or another reason. I don't think it's a buzzer. I really have a hard time believing it's a buzzer. Now, the MLB said that they found no such thing as a buzzer in their investigations and that the Ashes are cleared of using buzzers and technology like that on their bodies. And the Senate could say, well, how would they ever get caught doing that? But I do believe that that was not happening. If that was happening... We seriously need to start talking about Bregman and Altuve. Two guys who I love, by the way. I love what Alex Bregman does for the game. His his social media accounts, his flair, his personality. I love what he does for the game. He's, he's a, an electric player to watch. And I personally think Jose Altuve, now this was before the cheating scandal, is the best player in baseball, even better than Mike Trout. You can say that's insane. A lot of people do. But I believe that Jose Altuve is one of the best players to ever play the game. But if they've been having buzzers on them this entire time, this changes from a a blip on the radar in the sense of, okay, it's a tainted season, it's a tainted championship, it's a tainted maybe two seasons even. But whatever these young players do past this is, is, is going to count for them. To get these guys out of the sport, if they went that far to have buzzers put on their body to tell them what was happening... That's a bad look for two guys, again, who I love. I love watching them play. I rave about them every chance I get. I'm not an Astros fan, obviously. I don't really care about Houston, honestly. But I love those two players for the sport of baseball. And that would be incredibly disheartening if it truly is found out that the Astros were using buzzers. And I'd, I'm going to go on record right now saying I, I believe that's false. I truly believe that is false. Let me know what you guys think about the buzzer scandal. Let me know what you guys think about the managerial hires, possibly for the Mets and Astros. Again, the lists 
are pretty much the same. Dusty Baker, Josh Gibbons, the old Blue Jays manager. Guys like that are on the list. I believe Ron Washington is to get a chance. Let me know what you guys think about that. All on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. One last note that we'll talk about more in depth in the, uh, tomorrow's show on Tuesday is Alex Gordon. Still no deal yet as of Monday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Still no deal yet. But there is rumors that it's going to happen either tomorrow or Wednesday. So it's going to be a one-year deal, allegedly. We'll talk all about it in depth tomorrow on Tuesday's show. Yes, that means that the Lockdown Rolls podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team's every day, is shifting to every day early. We're going to go ahead and start this thing every single day right now and take you all the way through the end of the baseball season. It's going to be so fun. I'm, I'm glad that we're starting this podcast. The, the reception I've gotten has been unreal. I cannot thank you guys enough for all the kind comments on Reddit, on Twitter, and on the iTunes review. One guy said I was like their cousin talking for 20 minutes unprovoked about the Royals, which was very nice of them, I guess. I don't know how to take that. I, I have talked for 20 minutes unprovoked about baseball, but that's a secret trait of mine, I guess. Again, thank you for the reception. Please subscribe and review and tweet me your opinions on the show, how we can improve this show, and how we can more interact. I would love to hear you guys' opinion on baseball a lot more and incorporate that into the Lockdown Royals podcast as much as, as possible. Again, I am Ryland Styles. This is the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and be good and be good to one another, and we will see you on Tuesday. <laughs>